Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Hey, everybody, if you've been looking for love at first sight, it's closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to June 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. Brought to you by the 2012 Toyota Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Chuck, Chuck, before we get started, let's plug our Brooklyn thing. Our live event, guys. We are throwing a premiere party for the TV show slash Stuff You Should Know variety show at the Bell House in lovely Gowanus, Brooklyn, New York. 149 7th Street. This is January 8th, and uh, this has tickets. We're covering our cost on this one, and tickets are $10. You can go to uh, thebellhouseny.com, or just Google that junk. Yeah. And go to the Bell House. Find us on the calendar, January 8th. Show starts at 730. I'm sorry, doors at 730. Show at 8. Yeah. And we got special guests, like comedians and music. John Hodgman's going to be there. Other comedians doing their stand-up. Lucy Wainwright Roach is going to play. Singing with her pretty dang voice. Right. So uh, we're going to have a nice little blowout. Agreed. At the Bell House. Come celebrate with us. It'll be a fun, festive occasion. Yeah, we love the Bell House, and we love our, our fans up there. And I'm sorry, guys, if we haven't come to your town yet. We would love to. Trust us. And uh, maybe we will. Yeah. So there. Okay. So uh, now on to the show. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And um, that makes this stuff you should know, the podcast. Ah. Right. Is that a Wookiee? That is me messing with Sasquatch. It sounded more like um, Frankenstein from Saturday Night Live. I remember that. I love that. Frankenstein, Tonto, and uh, Tarzan. Tarzan. Classic skit. Have you seen the commercials, Messing with Sasquatch? Yeah, Jack Link's. It's pretty funny. Yeah, all of them are. It's one of my favorite spots, actually. Well, it contradicts um, eyewitness reports that paint Bigfoot as kind of a benign, shy creature. Yeah. Not as far as Jack Lynx is concerned. <laughs> he goes aggro when you um, when you mess with him, I guess is That's what right. it is. So I, I have an actual intro for this one. All right, let's hear it. We're talking Bigfoot. And very recently, there was some enormous, huge news. Um, and um, uh, we should probably preface this one. Like, if you are a skeptic, don't worry. We're going to give your side of this, too. But we have found over the years that um, it's it, very respectful to give voice to both sides. We try to. Yeah. And um, we're not insulting you by speaking the other person's side. No. We'll express your side as well, and when we do that, we're not insulting the other side. Yeah, and at the end of the day, this is about Bigfoot, so yeah. let's not get so worked up. Calm down. <laughs> you know? It's all just fun. There's a um, a, 
a self-professed veterinarian uh, with 27 years experience, including forensics, named um, Dr. Uh, Melba Ketchum, Melba S. Ketchum. And she supposedly, she claims, got her hands on some uh, samples of Bigfoot hair. Okay. And has been testing it. Uh, running genetic tests on it and uh, recently announced and wrote a paper that's under peer review as it stands now um, that she she managed to isolate three separate nuclear um, DNA. Okay. uh, That that came from three separate groups. So one is the nuclear DNA. Remember, so you have um, nuclear DNA is the mixture of the mother's and the father's DNA. Okay. Mitochondrial DNA is strictly from the mother. Okay. So the researcher found that the nuclear DNA came from a human, Bigfoot, which is a hybrid of the human, and this third species, a non-human species. Doesn't know what it is yet, but supposedly that's what this hair sample showed. Really? Then this is just now, right? Yeah. I believe they made this announcement like in late November, early December, which is now. Under peer review. It is under peer review. That doesn't mean that it's going to pass peer review, sure. but she submitted the paper for peer review. Um, now, she said that the the mitochondrial DNA in the sample was human, which means that this third thing, Bigfoot, is the product of a female woman and a this non-human species, the mystery species, uh, reproducing and forming Bigfoot. And she says that she isolated it to about 15,000 years ago. Wow. Now, anybody who's followed Dr. Ketchum's career can poke holes all in this. There was apparently, I read a, an early draft of the paper that uh-huh. she said this third this third um, species was an angel. And the, the people, skeptics love beating up on people like this. But my hat is off to her for, first of all, undergoing this. Sure. The, using the scientific method mm-hmm. to root out... Um, the unexplained. That's extremely Fordian in nature, and I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, to put it up for peer review and to face that, that kind of criticism. The One of the big problems is she she isn't saying, like, where this sample, how she knows this is a sample of Bigfoot's DNA. Uh, she didn't say where she got it? Not not that I could find. And I actually saw in one article that she's not saying where it, where it came from. So yeah. there's a lot of holes in it. But if you wanted big current... Bigfoot news, that's about as big as it gets. That's right. Uh, not quite as current as our, our own uh, law officer here in Georgia. Was that last year or the year before? The one up in uh, North Georgia? Yeah, man. With the with his freezer? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I didn't follow that very closely. I'm going to go ahead and say that I really want to believe in Bigfoot, or not want to believe. I want to. I want there to be a Bigfoot. I don't think there is. That means you want to believe in Bigfoot. But I still want to, I, I want to believe it's out there because it's just, it would be so cool. And whenever, when I, when I saw that story, the sheriff and, uh, I think he was a sheriff or a deputy in North Georgia, it was a hoax, of course, but he said he had a body in a freezer mm-hmm. and they showed pictures of this, uh, uh, what, you know, the, the, it was an, a gorilla suit, right? <laughs> that's what it ended up being. And it had guts, it had like animal entrails, <laughs> but it looked like initially like, oh man. That looks like a dead Bigfoot. And yeah. then you look closer and it's like a suit that you can get online. And I wish I had that kind of time to do stuff like that. Yeah, apparently. To perpetrate a hoax. <laughs> apparently they were trying to tr- uh, drum up 
potential business for leading uh, Bigfoot tours in North Georgia? That's a sound way to do it. <laughs> Until you get found out and then ultimately either retire or get fired No, not as a law enforcement officer. It yes, could still work. Oh, well, okay. He, yeah. made, he lost his day job is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You can't do stuff like that if you're a cop. You can't pull a hoax? No, you can't pull a ho- hoax and try and snow people for money. That's not that's not legal. I don't know that it is illegal. To uh, to snow people for money? To promise them something that's not true and charge the, for it? The, this guy says I that he... call that fraud. No, it's a hoax. There's a big difference between fraud and a hoax. If, if he had the business, sue. it would be fraud. No, that would be like if he promised that you were going to see Bigfoot. Not a Bigfoot tour, but he said you're going to see Bigfoot on this tour, and he didn't. Then you could get him for fraud. I think he would still be fraud if he founded that business and advertised it on a false premise, which is I found this thing. Look at it. Yeah, I see your point. Yeah, he's a jerk. That's well, what I say. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Let's let's talk about Bigfoot. This guy up in North Georgia is pretty far from the only person to pull a, a, a declared Bigfoot hoax. Um, what keeps this thing going is that there's some stuff out there that's considered this body of evidence of yeah. Bigfoot's existence that hasn't been definitively debunked, and or proven. Right. Yeah. One of the um, other things that I think people who are uh, believers in Bigfoot, like the ones that are out there, like looking for Bigfoot and believe in Bigfoot. Yeah. One of the things that keeps them going also is this correlation between Bigfoot sightings among people of European descent. Yeah. And Bigfoot legends of Native American tribes long before the Europeans ever got here. Yeah. And if you um, if you look at the names of of that these different tribes have and take a step back, you're like, wow, these tribes were all over the place. They're, some are in the Pacific Northwest. Some were in Florida. Some were in um, the uh, the north northeastern United States and eastern Canada. Yeah. And all of them have this weird, um, tall, giant, hairy man legend that they have a name for. Yeah. Um, even though they're you know geographically scattered all over the place, and it's possible that they these all of these different um, legends share a single common ancestor that f- is further back, maybe located on the steps of 
Eurasia. Yeah. But it's also kind of noteworthy that they all have different legends for it. Sure. Uh, the Himalayas, even. The Yeti, the yeah. abominable snowman right. in Asia. Very popular. Um, apparently, you hear that one more than you see it. Yeah. Which I didn't know. Uh, but we should call this thing Sasquatch, because that is the, the most common name they use nowadays. And um, even though some of the names from Native American tribes, Wendigo, Yeah, Yeah, that was great. Oma, uh, Rugaru, and Box is uh, some of the names that this has gone by in Native American lore. But Sasquatch, Shasquatch, comes from. I have no idea how to pronounce that. It looks like Sasquatch. <laughs> Any it, that that word and another word from the area around British Columbia were similar enough that in the 1920s a white school teacher named J.W. Burns coined the term Sasquatch. Sure. And it's basically, it's the umbrella term for any Bigfoot-like man. Right. So, we should, uh, even though these sightings have varied in their description over the years, there are a few hallmarks that pop up. Uh, one is that this is a tall beast uh, between 7 and 15 feet. Yeah. Which is, that's... 15 I, feet is enormous. Yeah, I haven't. Most of the ones I've heard are between like 7 and 8 feet. But have you seen Troll Hunter? I, I saw that recently, actually. That first troll that they, they watched the guy zap uh-huh. and turn into stone? That thing was about 15 feet tall. That's huge. Yeah, I, that was a pretty good movie. I'd buy 10 feet. No way, 15 feet. No way. Yeah. Did you like that movie? Oh, Troll Hunter was excellent. Yeah, I kind of got, it kind of wore on me toward the end. I thought it was a little long, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. And the imagination that yeah. it used was just beautiful. Totally. Agreed. Get troll hunter people. Yep. Um, it walks on two legs. That's a big one. Uh, was that bipedal? Is that what they say? Mm-hmm. Um, it's upright and has a loping gait. Um, <laughs> you've seen that elf, right? The movie Elf. Yeah. The, the one shot where they mimic the, uh, the the famous 16 millimeter film. Oh yeah. Where it shows Will Ferrell in Central Park, and they like have that <laughs> from frame 352 of the 16 millimeter film. It's pretty funny. The, so Will Ferrell's doing Sasquatch? Yeah, it says like, an, you know, this strange elf was seen wandering through Central Park, and they, they mimic that oh, exact Oh, yeah, shot, yeah, okay. But it's Will Ferrell. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Um, and yeah, then long reddish fur. That's a big one. Reddish brown. That's And that's really interesting that it's um, that Sasquatch is typically described as having long reddish brown fur. Yeah. That's a really specific thing for everybody to report. And again, it's possible that like people have heard other reports and said, you know, that's what they're expecting to see. Sure. Or that's what they're reporting because that's what Sasquatch has. But it's still, it's significant. Um, you said that the Yeti, uh, was more heard than seen. Yeah. Bigfoot's usually more seen than heard, but when Bigfoot is heard, um, it, the, he makes gurgling noises, howling noises, noises that uh, sound totally alien to p- the people reporting it. Yeah, I've heard weird noises in the woods camping all my life, and I've never thought, oh, that's a Bigfoot. I just think that's just something, some animal making a strange sound that I've never heard. Right, because you live in the city. <laughs> that's right. Uh, supposedly, this uh, Sasquatch also has sort of a man-like face and reports from either being really, really, really smelly to not smelling at all. Oh, yeah, that's not in this article. I forgot about how smelly Bigfoot's supposed to be. Yeah, supposedly. I've heard that many times. Um, They're also supposedly very wary of people, but also at the same time intensely curious about us. Um, And uh, 
a lot of people who have uh, made eyewitness reports say that they weren't scared, which is weird. Yeah, most people say that, like, I didn't feel threatened. Right. And that kind of jibes with um, most Native Americans' legends about Bigfoot. Yeah. That it was, um, it's a, a benign creature. Uh, and often it's uh, in, it has intellect and um, it's uh, given spiritual powers in, yeah. in Native American lore. So it wasn't something to be afraid of. Right. Sasquatch is your friend. Yeah. Uh, they usually are by themselves, but there have been reports of several of these Sasquatches hanging out together and uh, chatting. Yeah, but for the most part, they're usually alone, right? Yeah. Um, so you put all this together and you've got like a pretty good common... It's like the AKC breed for Sasquatch. <laughs> These are its characteristics. I love it. Okay. Um, if you take this at, at face value, which you should. Sure. If you're a skeptic, you should always look at things at face value and not just immediately dismiss it or poo-poo it. Yeah. Try to get to the bottom of it. And that's what we're about to do now. The first question is, um, could a creature that matches this description possibly exist. Yeah, and it's important when considering this to point out that we have never, despite all the sightings and little still shots and film clips and audio clips, there's never been any conclusive evidence. They've never found bones. But that's huge. Or anything like that. Um, a lot of footprints and stuff like that. Yeah. So moving forward, could this exist perhaps in the Gigantopithecus? Right, because that's a creature that, that actually did exist at some point. And it says here in the article that the, the Gigantopithecus, which is the largest primate in the fossil record, yeah. lived between one and nine million years ago. Actually, I saw um, an article that had updated that to about 100,000 years ago, oh, yeah. which meant that humans and Gigantopithecus lived side by side. Have you seen this thing? I have. Looks like a Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the, like, oh, well, I guess if someone saw that in the woods, I would think it was a Sasquatch. Right. Um, it lived in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Or in Central Asia. And it's a relative of the orangutan. Yeah, big time. So. Looks a lot like one. Yeah. This is all extremely interesting stuff, in case you didn't know, because orangutans, for starters, have uh, reddish hair, reddish orange hair. Yeah. So that's one connection to Gigantopithecus. Yeah, they got the long arms like that. Yeah. Um, they walked upright, mm -hmm. about 10 feet tall. Yeah. Usually about 1,200 pounds. Um, and if, if since orangutans are the closest modern relative of Gigantopithecus, it, um, it makes sense to kind of look at them, look at their behavior. Does it match Bigfoot stuff? Yeah, they have teeth similar to humans, so that could account a little bit for the man-like look mm -hmm. that people often talk about. Uh, make occasionally will make a loud howling calls. Yeah. Uh, that sound odd to other orangutans. Another thing that kind of separates them too, aside from being, um, Asian, whereas most primates are African. Yeah. Um, is that they tend to live solitary lives. Yeah. So they don't aggregate in groups. They live by themselves mostly. Okay. So chalk one up for the Bigfoot enthusiast. Yeah. Again. They're like, okay, well, that's it. It's Gigantopithecus. Uh, they live a long time, and because they are widely dispersed, they may not even see other orangutans for many long stretches. Right. So, of course, they may not see a human either. Exactly. You know? And if they're intellectual, or if they have intellect, um, as uh, 
people who believe in Bigfoot like to point out, they would be able to successfully hide from humans probably. Sure. Especially if their habitat was the woods and the mountains. Yeah. Um, and so you put all that together, that they have a long lifespan, meaning there's not a lot of them dying frequently. Yeah. They live, it, it, they're spread out population-wise. Yep. And they um, tend to live in remote geographic regions. That, If you add all that up, that's a pretty good reason why you wouldn't have found any bones. Yes, because bones can decay in the wild like that between five and ten years. Mm-hmm. And um, the author of this, was this the Grabster? Uh, this is Tom Harris. Tom Harris. He's a good one, too. He is good. Um, he points out that that people have never gone on Bigfoot bone hunting expeditions. So, like, people aren't looking for these things, so they may not have found them. Well, yeah. There is a guy, actually, who's um, looking for Bigfoot. He's an Idaho State anthropology professor, and he has he's crowdsourcing a blimp. Yeah. To hunt for Bigfoot with thermal imaging cameras and stuff like that. And he's 300K. And if you're interested in it, you can, you can check out that. <laughs> I thought it was, but he's got his own website called Falcon Project. Um, and that's what he's trying to do with it. So there is at least one person trying to do a rigorous scientific hunt for Bigfoot. But And then there's all kinds of groups looking. Right. Yeah, there's even a show on Animal Planet, one of our uh, Discovery Channel stations. One of our, I would call it a sister station, but sure. we're not a station. One of our colleagues. And it's, uh, what's it called? Finding Bigfoot? Yeah. And these people are out there hunting Bigfoot. And I've even watched bits of it because I just think it's cool and interesting. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a fun little show. So I recommend it. And we're, we weren't even asked to plug that. I'm just plugging it. <laughs> Good going. You know? Um, so you have a, a possible link between the orangutan. Yeah. Um, right, and Bigfoot, and that link might be uh, Gigantopithecus. Right. Question is still remaining, um, how did Gigantopithecus get here? Uh, well, we walked over the, uh, was it the land bridge? Yeah. Bering land bridge? Yes. Yeah, just like we did. Sure. <laughs> well, not you and me, but you know. Well, that's one theory. Um, but the, the big problem here, Chuck, is the absence of proof doesn't prove anything. The sure. fact that we haven't found bones, it, even though you can explain it, we still haven't found any bones. It doesn't mean that something exists, and that's a that's a big problem in this debate. You can also point to, though, very happily, the coelacanth, yeah. right? Uh, the coelacanth was thought to have gone extinct 65 million years ago. It's a, a fish uh-huh. thought to have gone extinct in the late Cretaceous period, and then they found it swimming off the coast of Africa in 1938. So you can point to that and say it's entirely possible that Gigantopithecus survived somehow, and we just didn't know. Yeah, and scientists are, they'll point out that there are all kinds of uh, creatures that are still undiscovered, but most of them are sea creatures. And that makes sense, too, because we don't spend very much time under the sea. No, we don't. Um, Whereas, you know, we spend a decent amount of time in the woods. Yeah. Um, Okay, so if you're a skeptic, everything we just said, it probably uh, made the hair on the back of your neck bristle in irritation. And um, here's why. Because, like we said, the absence of proof doesn't prove anything. Sure. Um, and it's entirely possible that all of this evidence, this body of evidence, um, is just basically a bunch of independent hoaxers yeah. fooling a bunch of people over time. Yeah, or uh, innocent mistaken identity. They're not all hoaxers. Some people have... 
perhaps gotten confused about things. Sure. And said, boy, that mangy bear doesn't look right. It's standing up on its back legs, too. Yeah. Or the recent photo, there was that still image captured at night, and that's what they said it was. It was a mangy bear. But that thing was kind of weird looking. I, I think I saw that one. Yeah, it was like a night image shot, and it mm-hmm. was on it was on four leg or four, you know, I don't know if they're arms or what. Um, and, it, you know, it looked odd, but they, you know, they explained it away as a mangy bear. Sure. Um, but, yeah, lots of hoaxes over the years. Yeah, and if you go into the woods and you're even the least bit familiar with any kind of Bigfoot lore and you see something that's a, that possibly fits it, you may be the victim of wishful thinking or mm-hmm. being impressionable or what have you. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty good um, accusation a skeptic can level against somebody who reports a Bigfoot sighting. Sure. And uh, the first um, and easiest way to hoax someone, to pull a hoax on someone, mm-hmm. is the old fake footprint. Yeah. Not too hard to do. You make a fake foot, you wear it on your feet, and you perhaps run along in the woods, maybe lope, maybe leap to make the footsteps, you know, the gait correct. Right. Um, and then you make a plaster mold of it. Uh, the problem with these is there has been so many over the years that it's like clear that they're hoaxes because this one has two toes, this one has claws, this right. one has eight toes. And, yeah. you know, there people aren't getting together on these and making them consistent. Yeah. Um, probably the most contentious bit of Bigfoot evidence was uh, that 16-millimeter film you mentioned that was made in 1967 by a guy named Roger Patterson. Yeah, the Patterson-Gimlin film. And it's uh, from Bluff Creek, California. Mm-hmm. And basically it shows Bigfoot walking across a, a, basically a clearing into the woods and Bigfoot is aware that he's being watched, and he turns and looks at the camera like you said Will Ferrell did in Elf. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember years ago, like, watching this and, and when I was back in my time life books phase. Sure. Like, I'll believe anything. Just tell me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were saying that one of the reasons that this thing was so convincing that it was Bigfoot was that and he looked over his shoulder, rather than looking... Uh, with just his head, just turning his head, mm-hmm. Bigfoot turns his whole shoulder and torso yeah. along with his head, which is something that a primate would likely do, a non-human primate, I should say. Yeah. Or someone in an ape suit wearing po- shoulder pads. Possibly. That's yeah. another possibility, too. They also point out that Bigfoot's walking with his knees bent in this. That's another sure sign of a primate. Whereas I did that today, by the way. Did you? Is it hard? Well... It's not the easiest thing, but what it makes you do is sort of lope along mm-hmm. with a kind of a, a funny gait. A loping gait? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's something that Bigfoot enthusiasts point to is that this thing was walking with knees bent. Um, and I didn't realize this until I read this in the article, but humans lock their knees with each step. Yeah. We don't walk with our knees bent. Yeah. Um, and then also, the lastly, that the the creature's fur is clearly rippling, like the skin beneath is rippling, and like some costume, some ape suit isn't going to do that on its own. Yeah. So put all this together, and if you're a Bigfoot believer, this is irrefutable evidence that there is such a thing as Bigfoot. If you're a skeptic, you can shoot a hole in all of those, can't you? Sure. Um, since this film came out in 1967, it's been like the most reviewed and uh, made fun of or backed piece of evidence ever mm-hmm. for Bigfoot or Sasquatch. And um, Roger Patterson, it turns out, was making trying to make a movie about Bigfoot. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so he wasn't 
just some guy out there that happened to have a camera. Yeah. He was trying to put together a film. Um, since this has come out, there have been various people. Uh, one guy came out and said, you know what? I made the suit for him. He paid me a thousand bucks to make him the suit. Well, the guy who supposedly did make the suit is never admitted to. Well, now there's a bunch of guys. That's not the same guy. There's Chambers and then there's this other dude. They aren't the same people. That's right. why it's, it's kind of hinky because multiple People have claimed they made the suit. This one guy says that he was the guy in the suit, mm-hmm. and um, but his suit story didn't match up with the guy who claimed he made the suit. Uh, didn't match up with his suit story. But then people said, you know what? Patterson could have altered that original suit to match the guy who said he was in the suit. Right. Then there's Chambers, who other people say it made the suit, but he says he didn't make the suit. Well, it's a, a long-standing Hollywood rumor that actually John Landis, the director of American Werewolf in London. Um, Came out and and, yeah. and and said, yeah, this is true. Um, when he was a young pup, he was working at one of the studios, and he became friends with John Chambers, who did the ape suits for Planet of the Apes, yeah. which came out right around that time, right? I think so. Um, and uh, he had heard that Chambers had done this, and he befriended Chambers and said, yes, it's true. This is John Chambers, and Chambers never has never taken credit for it. Right. He's never come out and said, yeah, I did it. But if you ask the average special effects guy... Uh, or makeup guy these days, if you show them that, they're like, yes, this, this is an ape suit. There's a water bag underneath that's making the skin ripple. Yeah. Um, and I, I, like, that's a guy. That's a man. Right. I watched it again today like five times. Yeah, me too. It's really neat. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. I mean, just the detail they went into, like the 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 uh, crooked legs, the bent knees. Yeah, the shaky cam. Like it looked like someone yeah. scared and discovering something. Yeah, it was, it's perfect. If it's a fraud, it yeah. is perfect because think about it. The thing was shot in 1967. Yeah. It's 2013 and people are still debating whether or not it's uh, authentic. Oh, yeah, and it's it's gone through lots of rigorous testing by people that study uh, whether or not the film was tampered and they have determined that nothing was tampered post-shooting. Like, right. If it was anything, it was a dude in an ape suit, and they really went out there in the woods and shot it. Sure. Uh, but like I said, this is all just kind of fun to me. People get so worked up over this, I don't get it. You know? Who knows? Yeah. What's the harm? Unless someone's, like, defrauding people out of money. <laughs> you know? Um, there are people who dedicate their careers to this. There's a woman named um, Kathy Moskowitz-Strain, and she is a forest archaeologist for the U.S. Forestry Service who basically became an anthropologist and an archaeologist so that she could hunt for Bigfoot. Yeah. And she's very respected, even among skeptics who counter all of her arguments. Um, but she is very much searching for Bigfoot and has been for many years. And she believes or just wants to get to the bottom of it? Uh, she believes that there's yeah. a Bigfoot, that there's another species out there, some primate species that is what we call Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Yeah, the arguments against, like, to me, if you, you can't say something like, well, somebody would have definitely seen it like, by now and proven it. Like, you just can't say that. Like, the Pacific Northwest is so vast that an animal could probably hide if there was only a few of them left sure. from people, you know? Yeah. But on the other hand, you also, like, can't say it exists because of this, these hoaxes and these sounds. And, right. Like, you need some sort of, like, scientific evidence. Agreed. Bones. Bones would help. You do need that unless you're just enjoying thinking about it. Yeah. Um, another thing you can enjoy that's kind of related is watching uh, the Mystery Science Th- Theater 3000. 
of The Legend of Boggy Creek 2. I haven't seen that one. It's arguably the best episode they oh, ever wow. recorded. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. Strong statement. But uh, it's related. It's a, based on a Bigfoot-like creature. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, well, Tom points out, too, that the reason people want to believe in stuff like this is the uh, same reason some people want to believe in aliens, um, that like the sense of adventure is seemingly lost these days. There's nothing new to discover. And God, if we could just discover a Bigfoot, that would be so huge and so monumental. Um, and I get that. That's probably why I want to believe, you know? Yeah. It would rock the world of science. Oh, it totally would. But then we'd put it in the zoo. Yeah. Poke it with electricity. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We humans. Yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, let's see. If you want to learn more about Bigfoot, you can type that word into the search bar at How Stuff Works. Um, there's a, an adorable picture of a baby orangutan in this uh, article, so you want to check that out. Um, that's B-I-G-F-O-O-T, um, and it'll bring that up. And since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail. Josh, before we do listener mail, uh, we should quickly plug our TV show. Yes, Stuff You Should Know, yeah. television show. Uh, we call it that because it's based on our lives as podcasters, Stuff You Should Know po- podcasters. I play Josh, you play Chuck. Yeah, we were going to change that around. I was going to play you, but it just didn't work out. We tried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is a, a show about our lives and um, here in the office, and it's fun. Good stuff. Yeah, our fictional lives. Yeah. We should point that out. We're not giving away our real lives. But uh, we recreated our office. We hired actors. And but it's still just you and me doing our thing among them. Yeah, and it's on Saturday night, uh, January nineteenth. It premieres, ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's right. Two episodes back to back after Idiot Abroad series three premiere. Yeah, and uh, if you don't have TV, you can buy these on iTunes the day after the show comes out. Mm-hmm. You can buy each episode one at a time. That's right. Uh, and if you are used to Josh and Chuck's short form video content, if you're not, that'll still always be around as well. You can go to sciencechannel.com. Revision3, the number 3.com, uh, and always HowStuffWorks.com to find some good Josh and Chuck video content as well. That's right. Yeah. 
And hey, the podcast didn't go anywhere, by the way. People ask us that. We're still doing the podcast. Yeah, we are. I don't care if this thing is the hugest hit ever. We're still going to do the podcast. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for saying that, Chuck. Sure. Okay, so stuff you should know. The television show, January 19th. That's Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. After the uh, Series 3, Season 3 premiere of Idiot Abroad, starting at 9. We'll see you then. All right, listener mail time. Yeah. I'm going to call this, uh, I don't even remember what this was. Oh, Meth Showers. Uh, Josh, Chuck, and Jerry, a.k.a. L. Chuck Tran. My name is Jimmy Griffith from Lenore, South Carolina, North Carolina, or Lenoir. I'm not sure you pronounce that. I'm originally born in Brazil, uh, a relatively young listener, and after listening to How Meth Works, reminded me of a story from my college days. I used to know these identical twin brothers that went to Appalachian State with me. You know what goes on in that school. Yeah, they beat Michigan. What a bunch of hippies. A bunch of party kids. Sure. I had friends that went there. Uh, at one time, uh, one of them was uh, having unexplained hallucinations. See what I mean? And other weird psychological issues. Uh, the twin with hallucinations feared that he might have schizophrenia, uh, but that did not make sense since his identical twin did not share the symptoms. Uh, as I understand, if one had the disorder, the other would also have it since they are identical. I'm not sure if that's true. Yeah, it's probably like a percentage, but I don't think yeah. it's automatic. Um, after dealing with this issue for a little while, the twin with hallucinations decided to see a doctor, and after running a few, uh, a few blood tests, tested positive for meth. Uh, this made no sense since he had never used meth. Um, after a few questions about the daily routine, they found out that most of what they did was similar, except uh, one of the twins preferred to take baths, the one suffering hallucinations, mm-hmm. and the other preferred showers. Uh, this led to further investigation of the rental house they lived in. They found out there was a high concentration of meth on the bathtub, uh, on the porcelain of the bathtub, which indicated whoever lived there previously made meth in the bathtub. As you'd expect, they shut down the house. The twins moved out. The cleaning crew with hazmat suits moved in. Uh, the twin with the issue ceased to have hallucinations involuntarily, he says. <laughs> Don't know why I felt the need to point that out. And he came back to his old self. Uh, just wanted to share that. Hope you're having a great week. Someday I hope to visit the studio in Atlanta and meet Jerry. Yeah. And that right here. is Jimmy Griffith from North Carolina, originally from Brazil. Dude, thanks, uh, thanks, Jimmy. We hope you're having a good week, too. And we're glad your friend turned out okay. Jeez, can you imagine? You tested for meth. It's like uh, Elaine yeah. testing positive for... Poppy seed bagel. Yeah, opium? Yeah, or poppy seed muffin. Or heroin. Yeah. That was Jerry just opium. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good one, man. What, that Seinfeld? Yeah. yeah. Um, I have one. If you are a skeptic and a believer in Bigfoot, we want to hear from you. <laughs> um, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can uh, join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. And you can send us a good old-fashioned email to StuffPodcast at Discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the 2012 Toyota Camry. It's ready. Are you? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, 
and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. In Puerto Rico, there's adventure around every corner and natural treasures waiting to be explored, like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. Get swept away by natural beauty and come away with unique stories that could only be experienced in Puerto Rico and that remind you why you travel in the first place. Visits end, but stories last forever. You don't become a part of the island, it becomes a part of you. No passports required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.